I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. It's been a few weeks since I've done one of these, so I'm quickly going to go over uh, some of the more recent and important fights that have uh, happened uh, in the past few weeks. Was I surprised that uh, Canelo Alvarez knocked out James Kirkland? No, not at all. Uh, Let's be honest, nobody was giving Kirkland much of a chance. Either because he didn't have Anwil in his corner or that he had been off for a year and a half. But uh, good ratings for HBO. I just wish that Canelo will, would make up his mind about whether he's going to go to 160 or not. He says he's not. But if that's the case, if, if it's okay, well, you're not going to go to 160 pounds. You're not going to go to the middleweight division and have a fight with Golovkin. Then how come you're not fighting at 154 pounds? Every fight that he's been doing lately has been this 155, 155 Canelo catch weight. And you can't really call yourself a champion if you're not exactly uh, fighting in the weight class. I mean, I, I just don't get it. But I don't know. Maybe I do get it. Maybe there, there's Maybe he's scared of Golovkin. Maybe him and Miguel Cotto are both saying, okay, uh, let's fight each other for the 160-pound title at a 157 or 158-pound catchweight, and that way we can say we're the middleweight champion without actually having to fight Gennady Golovkin. I, I don't know. Just uh, just bugs me, and uh, hopefully people, you know, let him know. Cut the crap, kid. Okay, let's move on to... Uh, James DeGale versus Andre Durrell, last Saturday's uh, IBF Super Middleweight Championship fight on uh, Premier Boxing Championship on NBC. I thought Durrell was doing good for the first two rounds. Uh, he had DeGale cut uh, in uh, in around one of his eyes, and then DeGale landed uh, this monstrous left hook that w- when I first saw it, I thought Durrell is out. He's not going to be able to get up from this punch at all, but... To his credit, he did, and uh, he, he just seemed uh, to kind of freeze after that. DeGale really started to get his momentum and was taking over the fight, but at the same time, I do think that a lot of the rounds could have been uh, pretty even. I would understand if somebody scored a few of them for Durrell because of his movement and uh, his boxing skill. And for a while, it looked like DeGale was just... Uh, I don't know, banking on that round two, he, he, his activity rate seemed to really slow down, and I just thought that he was kind of giving the fight away, and I thought if Darrell keeps this up, if he, like, through round 10, I thought if Darrell keeps this up through uh, rounds 11 and 12, he could win the fight. He could win the fight or, you know, get, get it to be a draw, but uh, then for some reason in 11 and 12, Darrell, he just wasn't as active. And uh, <clears throat> James DeGale was able to take over, and he uh, DeGale won. He uh, kind of made history. First uh, Olympic gold medalist from Britain to uh, win a world title. And uh, Lennox Lewis was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm from Britain. I won a gold medal. It's like, yeah, but you won it for Canada. So that, that doesn't really count. He won it for Britain there. Anyway, uh... <laughs> Scores were 114 to 112, 114 to 112, and uh, an absurd 117 to 109, all for James DeGale. I don't think that that 117-109 score, 
I would love to know what that judge was thinking or smoking, but uh, no, no way that the fight was that one-sided. It kind of begs the question, what's next for uh, each fighter? James DeGale, he's probably going to be looking for um, a big fight against uh, Carl Froch, but these days, Froch isn't impressed by anybody. You know, he'll be uh, watching another fighter from England, and he'll just say that he wasn't impressed by them. The only fight that Froch really wants, to his credit, is Gennady Golovkin. Uh, the question is, would Golovkin be able to come up to 168 pounds for that fight? Would there be some sort of catchweight? I don't know. Uh, there hasn't been any legit discussion because Froch is sort of semi-retired, has been for the past year. Who knows? Andre Ward, maybe a fight between between him and DeGale. They're both Olympic gold medalists. Um, but at the same time, Ward has to get past this fight with... Uh, James Smith, and even then, who knows if he's going to be fighting uh, again this year, because there's usually a a three-year layoff in between Andre Ward fights or something like that, so uh, don't know about DeGale, Andre Durrell, this is uh, unfortunately, you know, not a terrible loss for him, but at the same time, it really... uh, really kind of puts him on the back burner now. Let's be honest, uh, Durrell's had his own inactivity problems as well ever since uh, he got that disqualification victory over Arthur Abraham. I always thought that while uh, Durrell was on the comeback trail that he would have eventually come up against Arthur Abraham. And if I can be totally honest, that's a, that's a rematch. But you know, Durrell versus Abraham too. That is a fight that I would really like to see, because it would kind of show was uh, did Arthur Abraham just have an off night, or was Andre Durrell's style always going to be one that gave Abraham problems? Abraham's got the uh, WBO version of the uh, super middleweight title, and uh, he's made uh, several defenses of it. So who knows? But that's a fight I would like to see. Moving on. Poor Jermaine Taylor. I I don't know what's going on with this guy. Maybe it is all the brain damage he's endured in this. Okay, yeah, it is all the brain damage he's endured from fights like Froch and Arthur Abraham. But wow. You know, obviously, you know, he got arrested for shooting a gun at a Martin Luther King Day parade. And then he made this weird video of him in a bathtub explaining why he went crazy because... According to him, there wasn't any candy at the Martin Luther King parade, and I, I guess that justifies, you know, pulling a gun and shooting it a few times in the air. I don't know. It is America, but um, <laughs> I'm getting in trouble for that. But this week, Jermaine Taylor was arrested for assaulting somebody at the uh, rehab facility that he's staying at. And of course, who else is picking this story up but TMZ? And according to Taylor's lawyer, uh, this whole... uh, Originally, he was saying that this was frivolous and that he had spoken to witnesses. And according to them and him, it was just a... uh, This is just a shameless attempt to shake down a famous athlete for money. Then TMZ released the pictures of uh, Taylor's victim. Wow, um... You know, if you want to shake a guy down for money, 
getting yourself beat up the way this guy looks is not the way to do it. I mean, like you can see that there's like swelling around his jaw. He's got two black eyes and he's got some cuts as well. Yeah, no, this is not a shakedown. Jermaine Taylor has just lost his his freaking mind. Uh, apparently, the man Taylor assaulted simply went up to him and wanted to meet him, shake his hand, and Taylor just started assaulting him. Who knows? Maybe this was the guy responsible for candy at the Martin Luther King Day Parade. We'll never know. And uh, Taylor later appeared in court and blamed it on his mental illness. Oh, wow. It's really sad for a guy like Taylor because, you know, the world was his oyster after he beat Bernard Hopkins. And unfortunately, unfortunately, he just couldn't get better after that. And uh, then came the back-to-back losses to Pavlik, the, uh, you know, last-second loss to Carl Froch, Arthur Abraham, and, ugh. I, I legitimately hope that he can get better. I, I honest to God do. And uh, I just hope that he doesn't have to fight anymore because his body and his brain cannot afford that. Finally, for this podcast, uh, going to be going over the Chris Algieri Amir Khan fight. This fight kind of surprised me because, to be honest, I I was kind of expecting Algieri to be I, I don't know, but not as good as I expected as or not as I expected him, but as he showed he was against Amir Khan after you know two very hard fights. Uh, one against Manny Pacquiao, in which he was knocked down something like six times, and the other uh, with Ruslan Provodnikov, where he was knocked down twice in the first round, uh, got up to win a decision. I just thought, you know what, he may have taken too much punishment in those two fights, and it may be accumulating, and he may not be as good as we expect, and, you know, Khan might be able to knock him out and, you know, secure a Mayweather fight, but Chris Algieri was very game in this fight. I had the uh, I, I I watched the replay and uh, I scored it one fifteen one thirteen for Amir Khan. But credit to uh, Chris Algieri and his new trainer John David Jackson. I, I guess he let his old trainer out of the cage. I mean, out of uh, employment. So <clears throat> I don't know if Khan really. Uh, Really is ready for Mayweather. And, uh, you know, obviously it's probably the fight that's going to happen. I don't see Floyd Mayweather being bold enough to say, hey, I'm going to fight Gennady Golovkin or, well, to be honest, that's the only fight that people would be very interested in seeing or maybe a rematch with Miguel Cotto. But um, Amir Khan's the only one that makes sense. I don't see a lot of desire for a Kell Brook fight with uh, Floyd Mayweather. I think it's going to be Amir Khan, but I just don't... Khan looked better in the Devin Alexander fight, in all honesty. But, um... No, Chris Algieri, to his credit, looked good. He kept, you know, he, very aggressive, I thought. Much more aggressive than I expected from him. But, uh, again, scored the fight 115-113 for Amir Khan. But I don't think that he's going to... Uh, be able to do anything effective against Floyd Mayweather. And I don't even know why I'm talking about Floyd Mayweather because there has been no announcement about who Floyd's going to pick. 
Hell, we're not even less. We're not even more than a month away from his last fight against Manny Pacquiao, and I doubt a lot of people even want to hear about Floyd Mayweather's next fight. So, I I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I mean, obviously it makes sense if it were Amir Khan, but I have a feeling that his team is even uh kind of thinking, oh, you know, maybe we're not ready. Virgil Hunter was saying that uh, Amir Khan would have to Buster Douglas Floyd Mayweather. But the thing is, performances from guys like Buster Douglas come around, you know, once in a millennium. And I don't think that uh, we're going to be seeing it anytime soon with Floyd Mayweather against Amir Khan, should that fight actually take place. So, I don't know. We're going to have to... uh, We're going to have to pay attention, see what comes up, any news about uh, potential opponents, possible fight venues. Who knows where this may be going in the next few months. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash Boxing for Free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to YouTube.com slash Boxing for Free and like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Boxing for Free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer.